miracle of belief. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words. Nope, never was. Right? Paul was a scholar and an orator of the finest rank. He was not speaking out of abject humility, but saying that he would veil the power of God if he preached the gospel to try to impress people with the excellence of his speech, how good of a speaker he was. So I tell you, I'm vulgar, don't care. What you get, you get the message you need to get, and none of it shines back on me. Oh, he's, he's such a great order, so, such a great teacher. Oh, he's such a wonderful, humble human being. No, I'm not that on the sense. Okay? But I promise you, you're going to get the full power of the Spirit coming Belief in Jesus is a miracle that's produced only by the efficiency or the efficacy of redemption. If you've been redeemed, he can be your miracle. But if you're not going to live as if you're redeemed, you're still living like the slugs you are. What does redemption have power in your life? So even though there's a miracle in you yeah. waiting for you like Christmas to unwrap it and put it on, right. you still walk in your stupid shit. So I said we need a miracle. We already have one. What are we doing about it? Oh yeah, nothing. Because we're still using our head and our thinking to try to figure out his miracle. So he's going to make a way that doesn't exist. And in your head, somehow you're going to figure that out. You're going to reason with yourself and look at the surroundings and figure out what God's going to do. So much so, you don't need to know what the miracle is or the grace is because you've got this all under control. Because it's worked so well for all of you, right? The efficacy of the redemption, not by the impressiveness of speech, not by wooing and winning, but by the sheer unaided power of God. Yeah. The creative power of the redemption comes through the preaching of the gospel, but never because of the personality of the preacher. The real fasting of the preacher is not from food, but rather from eloquence, from impressiveness, from exquisite dictation, diction, I'm sorry, from everything that might hinder the gospel of God being presented. Well, I pretty much am down and dirty. That's the way you're going to get it. <laughs> the preacher is there as a representative of God, as though God did beseech you by us. He is there to present the gospel of God. If it is only because of my preaching that people desire to be better, they will never get anywhere near Christ. I don't want you to get better because of what I say. I want you to get better because it's what he's saying. But will you listen to what he's saying? Anything that would flatter me in my preaching will make it end in making me a traitor to Christ. I prevent the creative power of his redemption from doing work. I will not prevent it. If I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. I'm going to let all, all things in Christ be lifted, lifted up unto him. Before his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, that if you'd be his man, he would take care of you, right? Yes. 
Please take good care of me. Concerning his son Jesus, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. And he declared to be the son of God with power. So the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. By whom we've received this grace and this apostleship for the obedience to the faith among all the nations for his name's sake. We've received grace, divine influence, and apostleship. Basically, your driving's driver's license, right? right? For obedience to the faith among the nations. So he gave you the grace that you would be able to grow your faith and be obedient. You know what they call that? Miracle. What? He gave it to you. It wasn't something you had. Right? Yes. Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ at all. For it's the power of God unto salvation to save me. To everyone that believes, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Every time we believe, we believe, we believe, it gets more and more revealed. As it is written, the just, those that are justified, will in fact live by faith. Mm -hmm. Romans 3, 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by the faith of Christ, upon, unto all and upon all of you that believe. So the faith of Christ has been given to you and through you and all of you that will believe that he did. Here's the change. Here's, here's the craziest part about it is. If you don't believe, is it not in her? He placed it in her. It's already in her. Just because you won't believe doesn't mean it's not there. It's there. Yes. Going back, 321. Now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law of the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by the faith of Jesus unto all upon all that believe, for there is no difference. For all sin comes short of the glory of God, but being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness, his righteousness. Whose? His. In who? Me. Yeah, right? right? For the remission of sins that are past. So we can make you right from all the crap you did in the past. Well, who wants to sign up for that? Through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness. That he might be just and the justifier of him that believes in Jesus. So he would take care of things for you in the name of Christ because you showed up. Amen. What shall we say then? That Abraham, our father, as pertaining the flesh, is found. For if Abraham were justified by works, he has work to glory, but not before God. So we went before God, he did it on his own, that's one thing, but he doesn't he didn't get to brag before God because he's attained something. That's all about Abraham. He gets to obtain and glorify, brag to God about what God's doing, not what he's doing. So what says the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now in him that works is a reward not reckoned of grace, but it's of debt. Somehow it's about something I did, it's of debt. If it's about something that God did, it's of grace. God divinely influenced the moment and made the way. But to him that works not, but believes on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also described the blessedness of the man who, unto whom God imputed righteousness without works, saying, blessed are those they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. 
Blessed is the man whom the Lord will not impute or attribute or put that sin on. So he says, that sin, I, can, I don't want to impute it. I want to attribute it, attribute it to you. Why? Was it ours to have? Okay? So he's not going to attribute the sin of Adam and, and, and Eve to us. He's going to attribute the blessing that his son had to us. So it's now righteousness and not sin any longer. Comes this blessings and then upon circumcision only, or upon the uncircumcision also. For we say that that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned? When he was in circumcision or uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, because it was counted to him for trusting God before there was even circumcision existed. Right. A whole bunch of years before, actually. And then he received the gift of circumcision, a seal of righteousness, of faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised that he might be the father of them that believe. So we went through, he made all the mistakes he made, Lot, the kings, with his wife, Sarah, and all the things. Finally got it right with his son, and God goes, ding, 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 you get the prize. Now we're going to do circumcision as a sign to the fact that you're doing what, I, what I've always wanted you to do. Be right with me. And he was. And it was received a sign of that circumcision, a seal of righteousness of the faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all that believe, all that believe, though they be not circumcised. Didn't God really get circumcised to be part of your belief? It wasn't part of a ritual belief anymore. It was about you trusting in God and that he would circumcise your heart, not your, your skin. That the righteousness might be imputed to them also. That the father of circumcision to them, not only to the uncircumcision only, but also to walk in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which had been yet when he was uncircumcised. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they... Which were the law be errors, faith is made void, and the promise is made of no effect. Because the law works for wrath. And where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace, the divine influence, to the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but that which is also the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations before him, whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and called those things which be not as though they were, which is making a way where there is no way, grace. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. They will all be able to walk in that grace and all have that life because of what we've given you. Is this sign, this seal? Now, righteousness will be counted through grace, not through the law. And be not weak in the flesh. Consider not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. So he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in his faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to also perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness' sake. So now it's not only written for his sake alone, but it's also imputed to him, but also for us, to whom it will be imputed if we believe. It will be imputed, attributed to us if we believe. So we have the same righteousness that Abraham had. If we believe, he'll attribute what Abraham did, that righteousness through the grace, to us as well. But if we're not believing, we're living, living a life of unbelief or what believing in other things, it's not going to be attributed to us because we're not walking in the grace of God. Now, it's not written for his sake alone that is imputed to him, for, for, but for us also, to whom it should be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, and who is delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Amen. Romans 6, 1. What should we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may have to abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? 
No, you're not. But so many of us that were baptized into Jesus, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him by the baptism of the death. And like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man has been crucified with him, and all the crap from our past, that the body of sin might be destroyed. All the things that were sinful in us were destroyed. And that from now on, we should not serve sin. We should not be that person anymore. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. Death has no more dominion over him. For that he died, he died unto sin once. For that he lives, he lives unto God. So likewise, reckon you yourselves also to be indeed dead indeed to sin, but alive to God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, and let you should not obey it in the luster of it. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin also shall not have dominion over you. You're not under the law, you're under grace. So what then? Shall we continue in this foolishness, sin, because we're not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Know you not that whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether it's to sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Being made, being made then free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. I get that you're broken. Okay? For as you have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and iniquity unto iniquity, now I ask you to yield your members unto servants unto righteousness and holiness. Change your MO. Right? Yes. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit you had in those things, now you're ashamed. For any of those things is death, but now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit into holiness. And the end of that is everlasting life, which is what we're looking for. For the wages of that sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 10, 8. What says it? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart, the man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For scripture it says, Whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, but the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whatsoever, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall in fact be saved. Romans 13, 1. Let every soul be subject to higher powers. For there is no power but that of God. The powers that are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. I'd probably not kick against the pricks against God and God's people. This is all about God's man, me, in this situation and others. For rulers are not a terror to good works, we're a terror to the evil ones. But you will not be afraid. Will you not then be afraid of that power, that we can be a terror to the evil? Do that which is good, and you shall have the praise of the same. He'll, he'll pat you on the back and tell you, hey, you're doing a great job. Yes. Why would you go kick against the pricks and fight against the one who's trying to get you there, right? Yes. For he is a minister of God to thee for good, 
But if you do that which is evil, be afraid, for he bears not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that does evil. Therefore, you must need be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. You need to get your mind straight. Get your heart straight and your mind straight. For this cause, pay you tribute also. For they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very issue, this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their dues. Tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom is custom, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor is due. Romans 15, 6. That you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God who is the Father, our Lord Jesus. Wherefore, receive you one another as Christ also received us to glory. Now I say that Jesus was the minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. And that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, his second chance, as it is written. For this cause I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing with thy holy name. And again, he says, rejoice you Gentiles with all of our people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and laud him, all you people. And again, Isaiah says, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he shall rise up to reign over the Gentiles, and him shall the Gentiles trust. Now, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in your believing, that you may be able to abound in hope through the power of that Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us who are saved, it's the power of God. It's what makes us tick. Yes. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Those that don't believe, I guess he's not really trying to save you, right? Yeah. For the Jews require a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. Under the Jews, the stumbling block of the Greeks' foolishness. But under them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. The base things of the world and the things which are despised has God chosen. Yes, the things which are not to bring to nothing, those things that are. For that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who of God has been made unto us, made unto us, made unto us. Salvation, well, wisdom, righteousness, sanctification and redemption. He's been made these things unto us, that according as it is written, he that glories, let us glory in the Lord and the Lord alone. 1 Corinthians 2, 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come to you with an excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in your weakness and fear and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and the power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but your faith would stand in the power of God. So how may we seek, speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that came to absolute nothing? But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world to our glory, which none of the princes of this world do, for if they had known it, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. 
But as it is written, I have not seen, ear has heard, neither has entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that truly love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches everything and all things. Yes, it teaches and searches the deep things of God. What, no, what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so the things of God knows no man, only the spirit of God. But now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us from God and of God, which things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. Not, but the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are going to be spiritually discerned. He that is spiritual judges all things, yet himself is judged of no man. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we may now instruct him and tell what's right or wrong? But we have the mind of Christ. 4.14 I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore I beg you, be you followers of me. For this cause have I sent to you Timothy, who is my beloved son, and, faith, and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you in remembrance of my ways, which he, which he be in Christ, and I teach everywhere in every church. Now, some are puffed up, as though I would not come to you. But I will come to you shortly, if the Lord will, and I will know not the speech of them that are puffed up, but I will know the power that's at work. For the kingdom of God is not in word. The kingdom of God is in power. What will you then? Shall I come unto you with a rod, or shall I come to you with love? And shall I come to you with the spirit of meekness? You choose. You pick. 6.12 All things are lawful to me, but all things are not expedient or necessarily good for me. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any of them. Meats are with the belly, belly with the meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but it's for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God has both raised up the Lord and also will raise us up also by His power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Then, shall I take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? God forbid. What? Know you not? That he which is joined to a harlot is one body, for two says he shall become one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. So flee fornication. Every sin that a man does is outside of the body. But he that commits fornication sins against his own body. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? which you have of God, and you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. 9-7. <clears throat> who goes to war for at any time in his own charges? Who plants a vineyard and eats not the fruit thereof? Who feeds the flock and doesn't eat the milk of the flock? Say I these things as a man? Does not the law say the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses, You shall not muzzle the mouth, the mouth of the ox that treads out the corn. Does God not take care of the oxen? Or is it, says he all together for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt. You want the ox to do the work, you've got to feed him so he can. Right? Yes. So, says he all together for our sakes. No doubt this is written. That he that plows should plow in hope. He that threshes in hope should be a partaker of the hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing that we reap your carnal? If others be partakers of this power of you, are not we the rather you've got bosses that you, you obey? Why can you not obey the ministers of the church? Nevertheless, we have not used this power. 
but suffer all things lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that they which minister about the holy things live of the things of the temple? And they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? Even so has the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel need to live according to the gospel. You've got to practice what you preach. Yes. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 12. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience. That in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conduct in the world more abundantly towards you. If we write none of the things in you than that which you've read or acknowledge and we trust, you shall acknowledge all the way to the end. As also you have acknowledged us in part, we are your rejoicing, even as you are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus. In this confidence, I was minded to come to you before, that I might have a second benefit, and to pass by you into Macedonia. Come again out of Macedonia unto you, and uh, that you may be brought on my way to, towards Judea. When I therefore was thus minded, did I use lightness? Or the things that I purposed, do I purpose them according to the flesh? Do I, that, that there should be with me, within me a yes and a no? But God is true, and our word towards you is not yes and no. For God, the Son of God, Jesus, who was preached among you by us, even by me, Sabanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it was yes and yes and amen. For all the promises of God are in him, yes, and in him, amen, under the glory of God by us. Now, he which establishes us with you is Christ, has anointed us, is God, who has also sealed us and given us the earnest of the Spirit within our hearts. Moreover, I call God as a record upon my soul, that to spare you I came not as at the Corinth, not for that we might have domination over your faith, but that we may be helpers of your joy, for by faith you stand as well as I do. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 3, 7. But if the ministration of death written in the grave and in stones was, more, was glorious, so that the children of Israel should not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For its ministration of condemnation be glory, much more the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excels. The first glory did not have much glory to it because no one could do it. But the new glory has glory in itself because it's got the Spirit of Christ to guide us and lead us. Seeing that we have this hope, we're going to use a great plainness of speech. Not as Moses, which put a veil over his own face that the children of Israel should not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded for until this day remains the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which Veil is done away in Christ. But even on this day when Moses is read, the veil still upon Israel's hearts. Nevertheless, when it's returned to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with an open face beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are changed in the same image from glory to glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. 4. 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we've received mercy, we faint not. But we've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in a craftiness or handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of the truth, committing ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hidden, it's hidden to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them, believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but we preach Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, has shined in our heart to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earth and vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Amen. 
So we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed, perplexed, not despair, persecuted, not forsaken. We are cast down but not destroyed, always bearing about the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Christ might be made manifest in our body. For we which live, those that decide to live, we which live, are always delivered unto the death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So the death works in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as is written, I believed, and therefore I spoke it. Now we're going to believe, and therefore we're going to speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus, and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, our boo-boo, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, brief, and fleeting. The things that are seen, that, that are not seen, are eternal, everlasting. 6.1 We then, as workers together with him, beg you that you would receive not the grace of God in vain. For he says, I have heard you in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation I have secured thee. Behold, now is that accepted time. Behold, now is that day of salvation giving no offense in any of our lives in anything, that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience, afflictions, necessities, distresses, and stripes, imprisonments, tumults, labors, watchings, and fastings. Doing this by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, and by love sincere, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, power of God and righteousness, by by honor and dishonor, by evil report, good report as deceivers, and yet still true. As unknown, yet well known, as dying, and behold, we live as chastened, yet not killed. As sorrowful, always rejoicing, though, yet poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing all things truly. 13.4 For though he was crucified to weakness, Yet he lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you not that your own self, how that Jesus Christ is in you, unless you're a reprobate? But I trust that you shall know that we're not reprobate. Now I pray to God that you do no evil. Not that you would appear approved, but that you should know, but that you should do, I'm sorry, that which is honest, though we be as reprobates. For we can do nothing against the truth. Everything we do is for the truth. Yeah. We are glad and we are weak, and you are strong. And this also we wish even for your perfection. Therefore I write these things being absent, less present. I should use a sharpness according to the power which the Lord has given me to lifting you up edification and not for your destruction. Galatians 2, 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus, even we have believed in Jesus, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But if, while we seek to be justified in Christ, we ourselves are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For though through the law I am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. 
I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life in which I now live, in the flesh, I live it by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me, gave himself for me, and I will not and do not frustrate the grace of God. For the righteousness that came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Galatians 3.15 Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He said not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to the seed which is Christ. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul, that it should not make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. We got the promise 430 years before the Ten Commandments came. So we can't, the Ten Commandments don't disannul the freaking promises made by Christ. The promises was through the blood of Christ, which was to come. The ten were brought to help get people straight because they were sinning crazily. So he brought them in the ten to get them on the right stand, even though they know that he was going to translate it over to the two again once Christ came. But he wanted to have them have a foundation of consciousness. What they were doing is right or wrong. For inheritance would be in the law. There's no more promise, but God gave it to Abraham by that promise. So wherefore does he serve the law? It was added because of transgression until the seed should come to the promise was made and was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law which given could have given life, very truly righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture has concluded all of us under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept out of the law, shut up into the faith which should be afterwards revealed. Therefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after the faith has come, we are no longer under that schoolmaster. Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be God, the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According to his chosen us, in him, Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love, having predestined us to the adoption of children by Christ to himself, the Father, according to the good pleasure of the Father's will, to the praise of the glory of this grace where he has made us accepted in the beloved his Son, in whom we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of the Father's grace, wherein he has abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure which he has purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven, which are on earth, even and all within him, in whom also we have ordained, obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after you believe, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest or the down payment for our inheritance until the redemption of the person to purchase possession under the praise, once again, of his glory. 3.1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus, for you Gentiles, if, that, if you have heard the dispensation of grace of God given to me to you, how that by the revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I wrote to you before in a few words, whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. It was now revealed unto his holy apostles and the prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles 
us should be fellow heirs and of the same body and the partakers of the promise in Christ by the gospel. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the divine influence of God given to me by the effective working of his power in and through me. Ephesians 4, 17. So this I say therefore, and I testify the Lord, that henceforth walk not as other Gentiles in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feelings have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness, caught up in their emotions and feelings. But you have not so learned Christ, if you so have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conduct the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man, which after God is, is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he might have something to give those that need. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. And grieve not that Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed to the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Amen. Colossians 1, 9. For this cause we do also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the wisdom, filled with the knowledge, I'm sorry, the will of all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord and all pleasing, being fruitful, in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, under patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness, and has translated us to the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, and we have the forgiveness of sins. Colossians 21, 121. And you, that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by your wicked words, yet now he's reconciled. Amen. The body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Amen. If you continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, made a minister, who now rejoice in, the, in my suffering for you and fill up that which is behind the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Amen. Even the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now is being made obvious or revealed, manifest to the saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. When we preach warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ. Where do I labor, striving according to his working, which works in my life mightily. For two, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all praying also for us, that God would open to us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. That I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards them that are without redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Second Thessalonians chapter 
1, verse 3, 2. Grace to you and peace from God the Father, Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet. Because your faith grows exceedingly and the charity or unconditional love of every one of you towards one another is abounding. So that we ourselves glory in you, the churches of God, for your patience and faith in all of your persecutions and the tribulations that you endure. Which is the manifest token, the righteous judgment of God, the revealed payment. The righteous judgment of God that you might be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you have suffered. Seeing it's a righteous thing with God to repay tribulation to them that have troubled you. And you who are troubled, rest with us. And the Lord shall be revealed from heaven with these mighty angels. To be coming with a flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Who shall be punished with an everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he shall come be glorified in his saints and admired of all of them that believe. Because our testimony among you was believed in that day. So wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling. And he would fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power in you. Amen. That the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus. 2.13. We are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has from the very beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and the belief of the truth. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you've been taught, whether by word or by epistle. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which has loved us, has given us an everlasting consolation, and he's given us good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work through that consolation that he's given us. 1 Timothy 1.12 And I thank Christ our Lord who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. Who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, and interest, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which was in Christ. This is a faithful saying and it's worthy of all exception. That Christ came into the world to save sinners who I am one of the worst. Or one of the chiefs. How be it for this cause I obtained mercy. That in me... First, Christ Jesus might be shown forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should, sure, should hereafter believe unto him and into, in life everlasting. Mm -hmm. And to God, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Let it be so. Turning on to 1 Timothy 4 6. If you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, you shall be a good minister of Christ, nourished up with the words of faith and good doctrine, wherein you have been attained. But refuse profane and old wise fables. Exercise yourself rather than godliness. Knowing that bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable to all things, having this promise of the light that now is and of that which is to come. This, again, is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially those who believe. So these things I ask that you command them and you teach them. Hebrew, or second Timothy, I'm sorry, one. Six. Wherefore I put you in remembrance that you would stir up the gift of God which is in you by the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of sound mind. So be you not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor me as prisoner, but you be a partaker of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us, called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world even began. But now is made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality Amen. to light through the gospel. Amen. 
Hebrews 10, 32. Call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions. Partly while you remained a gazing stock by the reproaches and afflictions, and partly while you became com companions with those that were so used. For you had compassion to me and my bonds, took joyfully the spoiling of your own goods, knowing that in yourselves you have in heaven a better and more enduring substance. Cast on away, therefore, your confidence, which you have great recompense and reward. For you have need of patience. That after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, he that shall come will come, and he will not tarry. But the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. We are not of them who draw back in perdition. We are of them who believe the saving of the souls. Yeah. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things yet not seen. For by the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds are framed by the word of God, so the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testified of his gifts, and by he being dead, yet he still speaks. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation he had a testimony that he pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is God, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as of yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of the house, by which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is by faith, by doing what God asked. First Peter 1, verse 3. Blessed be God the Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us, born again, with a living hope by the resurrection of Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled, and that does not fade away, it's reserved in heaven just for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith in the salvation, ready to be revealed in this last time. Where you greatly rejoice, though now it be for a season, you are in evidence from animal temptations, that the trial of your faith be much more precious than that of gold, that perishes though it be tried and fire might be found, and to praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus. Whom having not seen you love, and whom now you see him not, yet you believe you rejoice with a joy that's unspeakable and is full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify would have testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. And whom it was revealed that, not in themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported to you by them that have preached the gospel unto you, within the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things even the angels desire to look into. So wherefore, gird the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end, for the grace that should be brought unto you at the revelation of Christ. As obedient children, not fashion yourselves according to the form of lust and ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy, so be you also holy in all manner of conduct. Because it is written, Be you holy, for I am holy. And if you call upon the Father, who without respect to persons judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your living here, sojourning in fear. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, such as silver and gold, from your selfish conduct, received by the traditions of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who truly 
was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you, who by him you do believe in God, that raised him from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and your hope might be in God and God alone. 2-4. To whom coming unto us is that living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. You also as living stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Christ. Wherefore also it's contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. It's elect, it's precious, and it believes on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but to them which be disobedient the stone that the builders disallow, the same is going to be made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you may show forth the praises of him who has called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past you were not a people, but now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now you obtain that mercy. Dearly beloved, I beg you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from your fleshly lusts, which war against your soul, having your conduct honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they have able to, been able to behold, glorify God in that day of visitation. 1 John 3. 18. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. Hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, though, we have confidence towards our God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is the commandment, that we should believe in the name of his son Jesus and love one another as he gave us commandments. He that keeps his commandment dwells in him, and he and also dwells in you. And hereby you know he that abides in us by the Spirit which he has given to us. 4-7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Here is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his yeah. son to be the replacement, the propitiation for our sins. Mm -hmm. So, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. So no man has seen God at any time. But if we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he gives us his spirit. And we have seen and do te testify that the Father sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God is going to dwell in him, and he will in turn dwell in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has unto us. God is love, and he dwells in love, dwells in God, and God in turn in him. Herein is our love made perfect, though, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. So we love him because he loved us first. If we, man say, I love God, and hates his brother, though, he's a liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loves God loves his brother also. 5.1. Whosoever believes in Jesus is Christ, 
Jesus the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loves him, that begot, loves him also that is begotten of him. So loves God and Christ. By this we know that we have the that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is that victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Verse 9. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God that he has testified of his Son. He that believes in the Son of God has the witness within himself. He that believes not God has made him a liar because he believes not the record that God gave his Son. And this is that record that God has given to us eternal life, and this life was in his Son. He that has the Son has life. He that has not the Son has not life. 13. These things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he'll hear us. And if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've desired of him. 18. We know that whosoever is born of God sins not. But he that is begotten of God keeps himself. And that wicked one can't touch him. And we know that we're of God. And the whole world lies outside of here in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God has come. And we know that the Son of God has given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true, and we may know that, that we are in Him that is true, even in His Son Jesus. This is the true God, and this is eternal life. So little children, please keep yourself from idol worship. And amen and amen. Here once again is your message. So, hoping that you'll begin to grasp and understand the mystery, more importantly, the miracle of belief. I have to choose to believe God. It's not easy because everything in the world we live in is, it wants us to, to reckon with it. And God says, don't reckon with it. Reckon with me. Come to me. Let, let yourself be reconciled. Let yourself see the truth even though it might not look like the truth. See the truth. Why? For my sake and for the sake of my people. See what God is trying to share with us and teach us and grow with us. As long as you're going to walk by what you know, you're going to always be you know, be moved by what you know, and by what you know is nothing of God. It's everything of the flesh and the world. It's always going to come back and bite you in the butt. So we're going to have to learn to trust God and believe in God, even when everything in our life is contrary to that. That's just the way God uh, pushes us up to higher levels, is by having us have to trust Him more and more and more in things that don't make any sense to us, because it's not common sense, our logic, our reasoning is never going to make sense in the nature of God. So if we want this mystery, this miracle, it's already within you, but you're going to have to tap into that miracle if you want that miracle to be part of your walk with him. So let's pray. Father, we come before you tonight and say thank you, Lord, for this time that you brought us together for these things that you shared us and showed with us, Lord God. We ask that that miracle that's lying within us, Lord God, is something that we pay attention to. We, we take a moment and we ask, Lord God, that you would bring that forth to the front, Lord God, that we might truly begin to grasp and see what it is within your plans and your purposes. So we quit living according to our own ideas and our own will and way. We desire your will. We desire your way to be in our life and us to see you glorified all that we think and say and do. More importantly, Lord God, that we might be glorified with you in those things. So we give you praise. We give you thanks. We give you honor and glory for all of these things. We do it here tonight. We'll do it in the precious, precious, precious name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Amen. amen.